the RBA was on hold. Not too much changed in their statement, but still bonds rallied a fair bit. Meanwhile, a full swivel in sentiment from one of ECB's hawks. So can we now safely say the ECB is done with rate hikes? We know inflation is coming down in most places. The OECD confirmed it yesterday. And wage pressures might ease a bit as well in the United States with the latest jolt data showing the tightness in the labour market is easing. It's a day to feel positive about things. So why are equity markets down and why is oil falling further? It's Wednesday, the 6th of December, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a small rise in the US dollar. It's up 0.3% on the DXY this morning. A slow climb through most of the session overnight. The Aussie dollar, the big loser, it's down 1%, down to 65.5 US cents now. The euro is down 0.4%. The pound has lost 0.3%. And US equities are mixed. The S&P closed just in the red, 0.2% lower for the Dow. But the Nasdaq is up a third of 1%. The Russell 2000, which was up quite a bit yesterday, I think about 1% has lost all of that and more. It's down 1.4% this morning. In Europe, the FTSE 100 is down 0.3% at close, but the Eurostoxx 50 is up 0.9%. The DAX up 0.8% to a record high this morning. And bond yields are lower, particularly in Europe, down 17 basis points in the UK for 10-year gilts, down 11 in Germany, 12 in France, 8 basis points lower for 10-year treasuries now in the United States. Aussie 10 years were 3 basis points lower yesterday at 4.41%, but on futures, take off another 12 basis points from that. So quite a shift in gear. And oil is lower, quite a bit lower. 1.1% off Brent, uh, heading down to 77 a barrel now. 0.9% off WTI, which is just above 72. Uh, It did get down to 72.17 in the session overnight. So quite a move uh, in lots of ways, but particularly on Australian bond yields. I wonder how much of that has got to do with the RBA yesterday. Uh, Let's have a look at that with JB with Sally Old. She joins me this morning. So, I mean, there was nothing of any surprise with the RBA yesterday. I mean, rates are on hold. They really didn't say too much else either, did they? Yeah, good morning, Phil. That's right. So, it, it broadly played out as expected. No one was really thinking that the RBA would hike rates in, in uh, December, uh, and they didn't. And the final paragraph of the statement, which is the one that sort of sets out what the forward guidance is around the outlook for monetary policy, was basically unchanged. So, they still had that sentence in there saying, you know, whether further tightening of monetary policy is required to ensure inflation returns to target, et cetera, et cetera, will depend on the data and the assessment of risks. So that was all mm. very familiar um, as well. Um, and then, you know, they, they talked about the data since the November meeting and they said you know, it had come in broadly as they expected. Um, they made mention of the monthly inflation number. They said that was lower. Um, but they did caveat that by saying it doesn't really have too much information on what's going on with services inflation. Yeah. So maybe take that one with a so grain. So it's going to be that, Q, that Q4 number, really, is what they're hanging out for, yeah, which that's is right, the right full, before the next meeting. Yeah, and they said, you know, wages came in elevated um, in the third quarter, but that was sort of broadly as expected and probably marks the peak in wages growth for the cycle. So I don't know whether it was that particular observation that, that got the market to to rally in, in bonds and the Aussie to come lower. I mean that's a you know that's obviously consistent with their forecast, but I would still say that's um, you know a reasonably brave assertion to be putting out there um, mm. so, so early. Um, but it feels like you know pretty much every other market you know the market does just want to does not want to contemplate the fact that rates could go higher in Australia in in the first half of next year, and 
just really wants to get on the bandwagon of, you know, central banks are down and the next move in rates is going to be down. So there's going to be a couple of changes, aren't there? So next year, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, starting with that meeting in February, we get the statement of monetary policy that's going to be released the same day as the meeting. I think we're Mm. also expecting a revised statement on the conduct of monetary policy. So this is a document. The last time they did this was September 2016. It's only a small change. Is it significant? So that the change is all around what the target is. So the 2016 target was to keep consumer price inflation between 2 and 3% on average Mm. over time. So it's a subtle change now that they're looking for the midpoint between the two. But does that really change much? Mm. So you're right, there are some changes coming up. And and so next year, um, the meetings will become two-day meetings. So, um, Mm. And as the governor said in a speech a couple of weeks ago, that's basically just to give the board more time to talk about the stuff that, you know, is potentially influential for monetary policy decisions. Um, and then the governor will give a press conference after the decision and, you know, every three months um, the statement of monetary policy will also be released at, at the same time. So that, that that's a slightly different cadence for economists to get used to, but I don't think really it, it, that's going to matter too much to, to you know, the outcome for monetary policy. Um, the statement on the conduct of monetary policy, you're exactly right, that's something that the governor signs with the treasurer of the day and when the current government were elected last year, uh, the treasurer didn't do it. He said, "Look, we're having a re- you know review into the Reserve Bank, um, so it doesn't really make sense for for me to sit down and 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 sign something with the governor when um, you know potentially things might change." And so they waited until the review was done. That's now done. Obviously, we've got a new governor, so it's time to sign something. And Michelle Bullock, in her speech a few weeks ago, said, "Look, you know that should be done by Christmas." So I guess we've got a couple of weeks yet for that to play out. Um, but the expectation is is that 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 statement on the conduct of monetary policy will focus a bit more on the midpoint of the 2 to 3% target band that it has in the past. And I guess, you know, if you wanted to read something into that, you could maybe argue that at the margin it's a little bit more hawkish. And so what it does is it sort of says it's not good enough, guys, just to get inflation a touch below 3%. You've got to get it down to somewhere closer to the midpoint, so 2.5%. And you know, yeah. maybe at the margin that argues but- for a bit more work on monetary policy relative to less. Well, it's, it's more definitive than average, isn't it? Because it's like an average, well, over what period? You know, you can make it what you want to be, can't yeah, you? Yeah, well, really? it used to say on uh, average on over the cycle, and then the problem is we haven't really had a cycle, and so that, that's why that got cut out and was over time. Um, yeah, and, and this is, you know, maybe a bit more of a constraint on, on policy at the margin. So, I mean, the, so the big question is what does happen in February? And uh, as I you know, said, you know, we get the Q4 um CPI, which will be the real decider, which is just uh, just a, just a few days ahead of that that next meeting. Uh, but we also, of course, get the GDP numbers tomorrow. So, what will they take out mm. from that? I mean, they, they will be down a bit, won't they? Because we had the current account returning a deficit, surprisingly, yesterday because we saw less of a trade surplus. So does that influence it too much? Well, probably not too much. I mean, all it really tells us is that net exports are going to detract from growth in the quarter, and that detraction is probably going to be in the order of um, you know 0.6 of a percent but other things are adding to growth so we know already that government spending and investment will add a bit inventories will add a bit um, private investment um, is is likely still to remain pretty solid in the third quarter and consumption you know I'm not sure that people have got sort of huge expectations there because we know that the consumption has struggled a bit under the weight of those rate hikes but all of that will add up to a number where you know most forecasters are thinking the economy grew half a percent in the three months to September, which is you know a pretty respectable outcome. So you annualise that and you get something like you know closer to 
to 2% annualised, which you'd argue is, is still a bit below trend for Australia, but still pretty decent outcome. Not too far away from what the RBA appear to have pencilled in for their forecasts as well. And look, it's largely good news today, isn't it? So the US data this morning, if we start with the, the services ISM, 52.7 is the new read up from November's 51.8. So over 50, well in expansionary territory and a bit higher than anticipated. Can't say anything uh, bad about that, can you? No, not really. I mean, you know, as you said, a bit better than expected. But I think, you know, broadly just sort of marking time or trading trading sideways at the moment. So not really giving us sort of too much of a, a directional impulse. But yeah, we'll take that one, um, which sort of says that the services sector is doing okay yeah. in the US. Yeah, because last month was a five-month low. So, and it's been, mm. has been higher mm. five months this year. So yeah, perhaps nothing to get too excited about. And the, the services prices, I mean, that's... If there's any concern, so 58.3, that seems quite expansionary, doesn't it? But even that's down from 58.6. So, um, you know, that's a, a little bit better, a little bit better than it was. Yeah, small change. And I guess, you know, speaks to this worry or anxiety that the RBA noted yesterday, which is, you know, this, this stickiness in services prices, which they've observed offshore and I think are probably reasonably worried about locally. So, you know, again, reflected in that US. ISM services number overnight. And then the JOLTS numbers, the job openings numbers, 8.7 million jobs down from 9.35 million last time, which is actually way lower than anticipated. It's the lowest since March. So that might alleviate some of the wage inflation worries, although, you know, we're still up at 1.3 openings per unemployed person, but it's better than two, which is where we mm. were at its peak, of course. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, job op- openings were down sort of a little bit over 6.5% in October. And as you said, that's the lowest sort of level since March of 2021. But when you look at the chart, you know, we're still tracking at levels above, um, you know, what we would call sort of pre-COVID normal levels. Um, and exactly right, that really key vacancies to unemployed ratio that's come lower down to 1.3. Um, you know, it was at two at, at the peak of labour market tightness. It's almost back to where it was pre-COVID. And so I think what these numbers are telling you is we're starting to get better balance between labour demand and labour supply in, in the US. Um, but that's against the backdrop of a labour market that still sort of feels reasonably tight. So jobs jobs growth has slowed um, unemployment rate has ticked up a bit, but you know if you sort of stand back and 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 look at the the bigger picture, you know jobless claims are still very low. You've still got a labour market that I think um, is is more tight than loose, but it definitely feels like you know in a in quite a gentle adjustment we are starting to see the labour market just soften a bit. Well, the losses were in healthcare, social assistance, finance, insurance. There's actually an increase uh, in uh, jobs available in the IT sector. So, I mean, you know, we're still seeing tightness there. That's for sure. So, um, Isabel Schnabel, has she had a bit of a character transformation all of a sudden? Uh, One of the hawks on the ECB team, she gave an interview yesterday with Reuters and she was pretty clear saying the ECB can take further interest rate hikes off the table, given a remarkable fall in inflation, and policymakers should not be guiding for rates to remain steady in mid-2024. In other words, they should be coming down. Mm. I mean, just two months ago, she was saying the precise opposite. So she's had an epiphany, it seems. She has of some sorts. Um, You know, and she was sort of asked in the interview, like, isn't this a big change for you? And she was like, well, you know, let's go back to to J.M. Keynes, who said, you know, what do you do when the facts change? I change my mind. And so... You know, I think she's she's been pretty clear about saying exactly that. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was more hawkish, and now, um, you know, with this remarkable slowing of not just headline inflation but core inflation as well, um, I think she feels like they're done, and the next move in rates is down. So that that that's really given um, you know the front end of the European curve 
a bit of a giddy up and, and the market's now thinking almost a fully fully priced hike by by March um, and well over 130 basis points of rate cuts for the rest of the year. So uh, I, th- I think we're sort of getting to the point now where, you know, certainly in Europe and, and also the US, um, you know, ma- markets are starting to price in a pretty decent expectation of material rate cuts from central banks next year. Well, the OECD gave some figures yesterday that inflation in their member countries rose 5.6% year on year in October, which is the slowest pace since October 2021. It's down from 6.2%. So the direction is clear just about mm. everywhere, isn't it? Mm. Even Japan, so core CPI is slipping. Well, I mean, for Tokyo anyway, but obviously it's a good sign for the rest of the country. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we saw that their core CPI number down to 2.3% year on year in November, down from 2.7%. 2.4% was expected. So no big fear of uh, runaway inflation, it seems, without the big restrictive policy that everyone else has put themselves through. Yeah, so this is, I guess this has been, um, you know, the Bank of Japan's underlying reason for being a bit cautious on normalising, you know, what is still pretty expansionary monetary policy, which is that, you know, yes, inflation had popped up, but that their forecasts were saying it was actually going to start to to come down, you know, as we moved into year end and into 2024 um, and I guess that's what yesterday's data, you know, are telling us, um, you know, for those Tokyo mm. numbers. And so, you know, I think what that really does is is probably cement expectations that, you know, before Christmas, the Bank of Japan um, won't be doing anything too radical to its monetary policy settings. Yeah. Feels like a good news day, doesn't it? We it does. get uh, Aussie GDP, uh, we've already talked about. We get German factory orders, the ADP employment number, which is the number that we always ignore until it tells us something that we didn't expect and then the markets go crazy. <laughs> uh, the US trade balance and the Bank of Canada, there's another bank expected to, to be on hold as well today. But uh, uh, yeah, so a bit going on, but no big surprises, I suspect. So it's been great to talk to you. And look, we're working you hard. We have you on every week till Christmas. I don't know if you know that. Absolutely. Uh, so we're making the most out of you. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Well, look forward to speaking next week. See you then, Sally. Thanks. See you, Phil. Actually, she is doing the final of the year, giving us a bit of a, a preview for next year and a wrap on what happened this year. So that's going to be an interesting way to finish off the year. Uh, we've got a bit to go before that, though. Uh, I'm back tomorrow morning with another one, the morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. See you tomorrow.